listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're talking about two subjects near to all pet lovers' hearts. The joy of bringing a pet into your life and then the dealing with the grief when we lose them. That brings me to my rant of the week. Pets come into our homes in a variety of ways. Some of us search for them, we research, and then we find our perfect companion through a responsible breeder, or we adopt from a shelter. Sometimes we seek out and rehabilitate rescue animals. And many times a cat or a dog chooses us. and <laughs> They just show up on the back porch. What a joy. But no matter where they come from, a pet's loss leaves a hole in your heart. Now, I'm appalled when well-meaning acquaintances say, Oh, it was just an animal. Get over it. You can always get another one. How many listeners out there have had that happen to them? Pet lovers mourning the loss of a special animal companion. Sometimes we feel adrift in this lonely empty ocean of misunderstanding. You feel reluctant to share your pain. You get no sympathy at best and sometimes you get jeered at or worse. Yet the pain is real. You know it. I know it. So what can you do to ease the pain? Well, my guest today has some answers for us. Dr. Diane Pomerantz has a PhD in communications and is a certified grief recovery specialist who counsels those grieving from any loss, but especially those mourning the loss of a beloved pet. She created, established, and currently serves as the director of the Pet Grief Counseling Program for the SPCA of Texas. (laughs) That's right in my backyard. She understands how the loss of a pet can be just as devastating to adults as it is to kids. She's also an active rescuer, and she's just written a book, Our Rescue Dog Family Album, and it's about 40 of the dogs, yes, I said 40, of the dogs she and her husband have rescued. So call all your animal companions, well, your human friends too, because they're going to want to hear this. We'll be right back with Dr. Pomerantz after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code PEEVES10, P-E-E-V-E-S, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. 
celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14 carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ice.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ice.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at diamond.com. Ice.com or diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm talking with Dr. Diane Pomerantz. She's an expert on pet grief counseling. She's been interviewed by countless newspapers and magazines. She's been a featured guest even on CNN Headline News, on Fox News, on Hallmark Channel, Lifetime TV, Fox and Friends, Monta. Oh, it goes on and on. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pomerantz. Oh, thank you for having me. I always like to open the show um, with asking my guest to tell a little bit about themselves. I, I'm almost afraid to ask, but how many pets do you currently have? <laughs> we currently have 22. 22? Yes, 22. Well, you've beat me. I have my hands full with the one cat and the one dog. <laughs> yeah, they're very demanding, and they require a lot of commitment, a lot of responsibility, and a lot of hard work. Well, that takes me right into the topic of the moment. We love our pets. We spend so much time with them. We we invest our hearts, sometimes our souls, in these little creatures. Is grief over a pet loss any different than any other kinds of grief? Honestly, no. And sometimes it can be even more profound. Keep in mind that we do spend 24-7 our daily routines, our vacations, our holidays, our mealtimes revolve around our pets, our activities, our walking, our exercise, our playtime. These wonderful creatures just bring this vulnerability and innocence and purity of heart to our lives and uh, so much joy and spontaneity. And they allow us to be who we really are 
Whereas our human connections, uh, you know, there may be agendas and there are reasons that we're together with other people, whether they be uh, for social reasons, professional reasons, etc. But these animals, we're with them because we love them and they love us. And, and that's the truest bond there is. Well, I know I've interviewed other folks on this topic before, and it's come up that pets represent milestones in our lives, too. Maybe we got the pet after we graduated college or when we were first married, and you lose that. It's like losing that part of your life again. It is. They represent an era, almost bookending one phase of your life with another. A lot of times the loss of a pet precedes uh, a marriage or a graduation or follows one of those events, you know, life-changing events. And so we do have certain associations, childhood associations, uh, again, pivotal associations with periods of our lives that are important uh, to us in, in different ways. So absolutely. And again, um, you know, it's sort of like music. It's haunting. You, you associate music with certain periods of your life and, and certain songs, etc. Um, well, these pet accompany us through so many different life-changing situations, whether it be graduation from high school or college or whatever, whether it be professional promotion or demotion or loss, financial loss, financial gain. Um, and again, you know, perhaps through illness, uh, periods of vulnerability, periods of loneliness, etc. So they're there for us. And uh, again, uh, as a grief counselor for the SPCA of Texas, and as you mentioned, um, I created and established the Pet Grief Counseling Program for the SPCA of Texas here in Dallas, where I live, uh, after my dog Caesar died, who was a stray that we found in a park when we were living in Los Angeles. And he was so vulnerable and so pathetic, and he'd been shot at and wounded, and, and we rehabilitated him, and he was always shy with people. And for some reason, even though I had three other dogs and I had lost countless human beings, my dad's a lung cancer, dear friends, to different kinds of cancer, pancreatic, stomach, AIDS, etc., etc. When he died of osteosarcoma, mm-hmm. uh, bone cancer, um, I was devastated beyond anything I could rationally understand, and I viewed myself as a fairly rational person. I had three other dogs at the time, and uh, it was hospice care, day and night for him, and um, crying all the time, and I was exhibiting all the classic symptoms or manifestations of grief without knowing that I was grieving, and when he actually died three days after Christmas, 12 years ago, I just lost it. I was crying all the time. There was no one that I could talk to, just as you mentioned earlier. You've got three other dogs. He's only a dog, you know. Right. It's a pet. You know, you gave him a great life. Why are you acting this way? And the more that I heard those responses to my grief, the more I withdrew and isolated. Another classic manifestation of grief. We tend to just want to isolate. A lot of us want to be with our pets and have that feeling that, you know, we have no reason anymore, especially as caregivers. And if you've ever been through caring for an aging and terminally ill or chronically ill animal companion, you know that this is a 100% commitment. It's like caring for a sick child or a sick adult. And um, when the actual physical loss occurs, there is a chasm in your life. The physical being's no longer there. The bowls are there. The leashes are there. The toys are there. And that physical comforting presence is no longer with us. Is it any different for kids versus adults? I think even people who aren't real sympathetic to adults that are going through grief Maybe they'll cut kids a break, but, I mean, for children, this may be the first experience with death. 
to lose a pet? Well, the first book I wrote when I wrote the grief uh, counseling manual for the SPCF Texas, which is kind of a flagship program for animal welfare organizations across the country, I wrote a children's book. Ironically, it was called When Your Pet Dies because I felt this is often the first significant, profound loss a child experiences. And the child, as we talked about earlier, grief is grief. And children do act out or they don't act out. They keep it. They repress it. Uh, And so one has to be really honest and truthful with children and empathetic and supportive and say, yes, I love Fido also, and I miss him too, and, you know, celebrate the life of the animal and teach children compassion and respect for all life. Having a pet is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for a child to grow in wisdom and compassion. How do you help people who have lost a pet when they're going through this this profound pain where they some people just simply I mean the bosses if you have a real job I mean I'm very fortunate I get to work for myself at home but people who have to get out and go back to work and people don't understand there's no way to justify getting time off from the job because your dog died well and you know that applies to humans too I think what it is we're entitled to three days off from work when we lose a spouse a mother a father a sibling whatever so um, we as a society are really not very mindful or thoughtful about the death process we're taught to keep a stiff upper lip and and carry on and that's the least productive least constructive thing one can do one needs to express one's feelings deeply profoundly etc and if you do have a local animal welfare organization where people are empathetic and supportive of animals and have lost many in the past or even one in the past to talk about your feelings truly and honestly and genuinely without shame or embarrassment so many people are ashamed or embarrassed to talk about the death of a pet precisely because of what you're discussing we really need to openly talk about our feelings and um, my suggestion is also, well, as a grief counselor, I tell people express your feelings honestly and openly. And, of course, we have our telephone lines that people can call for counseling. We do one-on-one counseling. We offer support groups that people can attend. They're completely confidential. They take place the first Saturday of every month. And people know, regardless of walk of life, we've had people come from all over the world, in fact, to attend our grief groups. And they can bring photos of their pets. Some people have brought the urns with their pets' ashes in them to the groups. It's a very moving experience because they're so compassionate, and these animals have been the sun, moon, and the stars to them. And you think about our technologically oriented society where we have so little contact with the divine, with the creative force, that these animals offer a connection to that that creative force, that nature, that natural world, that once we were so integrated with and such an important part and component of, And today, you know, we're in cubicles and we're texting and we're on the net and we're doing all these things. And that's one of the reasons these animals assume an even greater significance today. And more people are are spending quality time with their animal companions and regarding them as members of the family. So what can we do as friends to support somebody who has just lost a pet companion? Because I know I've been through it myself. I know what it feels like. But so often you feel awkward. You say nothing because you don't want to say the wrong thing. What can a friend do to help and support someone? People are ignorant. They don't know how to address this, so they ignore it. And, of course, we're even more hurt because they won't discuss it. Um, Really kind of insist 
on talking about it. And I get this question all the time. Um, I was talking to a woman a couple of weeks ago who had lost her pet. She said at work, everyone virtually down the line at, at work ignored the issue. And I said, you know what? You've got to bring it up and say, I'm grieving. I, you know, I lost my dog last week and she'd meant everything to me. She was my companion for 13 years. And, and just address it. And in that way, we're elevating the consciousness of other people because people don't understand that this can be like a child to so many people. And for divorcees and, and, and people that are widowed or separated or whatever, these animals are the reason they get up in the morning, and people don't get it. And so we really need to, through programs like this, elevate the consciousness of people to let them know that these are sentient beings. They serve as service companions. They serve in war with us. They serve in the police forces with us. Uh, they protect families. They're so loyal and unconditionally loving. I have six animal-assisted therapy dogs that go into hospitals, hospices, assisted living centers. And the bond that's forged between the patient and my dog is extraordinary. And I can't describe it unless you are actually there to see an autistic child or adult who hasn't spoken in years speak and speak because they understand that pet is non-judgmental. You know, it's just a remarkable situation. And so we really need to let people know how important we share this planet together with these animal companions. Thank you so much, Dr. Pomerantz. Now, I know you have written this wonderful book I'm looking at right now. It's called Our Rescue Dog Family Album, and it's all about your own special companions that you have rescued. And we're going to talk about that, your book, and your rescue experiences some more after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Peeves, P-E-E-V-E-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code PEEVES, P-E-E-V-E-S, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to floorup.com and use the code PEEVES12 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word P-E-E-V-E-S and the number 12. 
This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back. And with a heart as big as Texas, Dr. Diane Pomerantz has never turned away an animal in need. She provides the necessary care and rehabilitation for these animals to improve their chance at adoption. And this has become a way of life for her and her husband. Even though there's a lot of hard work, heartache that often accompanies these dogs, putting aside the sadness and the suffering that sometimes is attached to them when they first come into her life, she says that she looks at each dog as a gift and never fails to be amazed at the transformation that takes place as they recover from abuse, from neglect, from abandonment. And she never tires of being a part of their journey as they leave behind that pain and despair and they replace it with joy and contentment. Welcome back to the show, Diane. Thank you. I wanted you to tell me a little bit about the book in your own words, and why did you write it? This is my homage to my wonderful animal companions, each who has come to me in a different way, via a different tragic set of circumstances, and uh, they've all been, as you mentioned, neglected, abandoned, abused, or injured. And they've come into my life, as you say. I think they have radar. There must be light <laughs> on the top of my house or, or, or my husband and myself that attracts these animals. But um, I work with the SCCA, as I mentioned before, and a lot of rescue organizations. And so, of course, I'm privy to a lot of information about animals in need. And uh, when I feel it's appropriate and I feel it's a good blend and um, the dog will benefit um, from being um, a member of our family. I rescue, rehabilitate it, pay the vet bills, and, and get it back to health if that is the case. And a lot of our dogs are elderly and have virtually no chance of being adopted. They're 9, 10, 11 years old. And um, we uh, adopt them. Once they set foot in our house, they never leave. <laughs> they're, they're permanent members of our family. And um, each one has many stories, many lessons to teach, different qualities, different personalities, different gifts that they bring to us. And they deeply, profoundly enrich our lives in so many ways. And uh, to see them blossom is so fulfilling and so gratifying that I wouldn't exchange it for anything. Well, I know today the news all the time is talking about, I mean, you can't just go out and get a dog or get a cat anymore. It's Now it's it's always, I rescued this, and, and it's a little bit off-putting to me because it feels like almost a marketing ploy. So I'd like for our listeners out there, define in your terms, what does rescue mean? What is it? How does it work? 
You know what? It really does vary. I mean, you can rescue a dog from an intersection in the highway, which we've done <laughs> several occasions. You can save a life of, you know, um, an animal that you see has been abused or neglected that's in the backyard tethered to a chain and has no water, no food, etc., etc., or has been abandoned. It just really varies. I work a lot with shelters, and as I said, I take the cases that no one else <laughs> really wants, to, the ones that are are almost unadoptable, that have very little chance of finding a forever home. And ultimately, all really um, well-intentioned rescue organizations love a certain breed. It can be Poodle Rescue, Dalmatian Rescue, German Shepherd Rescue. There are breed rescues for those that aren't aware of this, for virtually every kind of dog, purebred dogs, etc., that you might want. And um, these people take them in the rescue organizations they neuter them first and foremost, provide them with their vaccinations and health care, bring them to health a certain level, and then put them up for adoption. Well, this is exactly what we do on our individual basis. We work with the rescues. Rescues are financially in dire straits, particularly in this economy with foreclosures, sure. et cetera. And so we help out as best we can, and we assume the role of a rescue in essence in many ways that we'll take a dog that uh, has advanced heartworm. We We've had many, many, many of those, many with mange, many with just various illnesses and diseases that could be terminal potentially, and we keep them for as long as we can, as long as they're intended to be alive. We had one named Two Socks, whom I adored, who was an outdoor dog and tethered and never fed, I mean never. He had kidney disease. He had maybe a quarter use of his kidneys. Uh, he had Lyme disease. You name it, leptospirosis. He had one of everything wow. and um, was so fragile and emaciated when we adopted him. And we heard about him through a rescue, and the rescues could not afford the care to take him in. So we took him in. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how we rescue our animals. It's the ones that, that no one else can take. Well, how did you get into rescue? I know you have this connection. The SPCA. SPCA. You know, when I started the grief program, they required their volunteers to participate in a program called TLC, Tender Loving Care, where we would have to go into the shelter, which I had at all costs avoided my whole life. I Uh mean, you couldn't give me enough money to go into a shelter and see those sad faces because I would want to bring them all home. And um, I used to cry and talk to the dogs and pray for them and bless them and and hope that they would find a happy, healthy, loving home. And um, in the process, I would see a middle-aged dog like Jasmine, one of the dogs that we adopted, uh, who was an eight-year-old lab and uh, who had been surrendered by her owners. And, of course, she had advanced heartworm disease, et cetera. So I would see these animals and um, discuss it with my husband, of course, and see if we could accommodate them. And um, if we were, we would take them on. And uh, that's how all that occurred. And then via the SPCA, I lost my Caesar, who was a lab Alaskan Malamute mix. I became involved with the Texas Alaskan Malamute Association rescue uh-huh. organization and um, began helping them save Malamutes. And uh, that's where it all began. And then I just took a, just about any kind of breed. Um, <laughs> we've got Dachshunds. We've got Minpins. We've got a Yellow Lab. We've got an Anatolian Shepherd. We've got a German Shepherd. We've got one of <laughs> just about <laughs> anything <laughs> with the 22. So Siberian Huskies. And uh, as I said, each brings his or her own unique gift.
Well, how do you manage not to adopt them all? I know there was a time in my life I was touring with Purina and we would go to shelters and I'd do kitten training and, and my husband would basically make me sign in blood. You will not bring home, you know, a furry wonder. So how do you... Well, you do have to discipline yourself. Otherwise, I'd have 400. I mean, yeah. But I, I'm very realistic. I At this point in my life, I have four or five people that come in and help me take care of these dogs. At one time, I was doing it all myself from morning to night and working and volunteering. Wow. So about three or four years ago, I started hiring people and finding people to come and help. And, and so that's been a blessing. And we have two and a half acres, which isn't a lot of land, but it's certainly enough for the 22 that we have with a pond and a wooded area and a pool and a waterfall and a large house and other houses on the property. So there's plenty of space, but this is it. I mean, this is the limit. And um, for us, as we speak, unless I move and, or, you know, life takes over and something else happens. But it is, in <laughs> essence, an animal sanctuary, and the animals are played with and cared for beautifully, and they, are, they sleep with us. They're in the house, in the A.C. in the summer, in the heat in the winter, and, of course, they have their playtime and exercise time. They're well-fed. They're beautifully bedded, and we have a vet that comes and, and gives shots to uh, 11 dogs at a time, you know, right. uh, with the vet tech, etc. So Touchwood, we've managed really well, but it is not something that I would recommend anyone else do. We have been equipped. We, we have associations with these rescue organizations that are of assistance to us, and we are of assistance to them. So it's not your typical story of, you know, taking in 22 dogs haphazardly. This is very scientific. We have them in packs. Uh, they're in different parts of the house. They go out together uh, in different groups. They are fed together in different groups, etc. That was my next question, actually, was, you know, <laughs> adopting any pets, it's going to demand a lot of commitment, a lot of expense, and rescue animals, special needs especially, exactly. are going to have a lot more. So what sorts of things would a pet lover need to understand before rescuing a single animal or deciding to try to emulate the good works that you have done? What questions should they ask? Well, I don't know that anyone should emulate what I do. Um, I think what I do is unique in the sense that it just worked out that way, and I, I really think life works in mysterious ways. And as I said, the affiliation with the SBCA of Texas and on and on, it was just meant to be. And the same with the book writing. I had never written a book before when your pet dies. I had done a lot of other things and written a lot of uh, other things, articles and so forth, but never um, books, and especially children's books. And I felt it was really important for children to become acquainted with the interconnectedness of all life and how important uh, each living creature is and to have respect and compassion for each living creature. As far as a rescue animal, people really need to think about um, what that entails in terms of responsibility. I view it as a lifetime commitment. This is as though you're adopting a child because they're very childlike. They're very resourceful, they're very clever, they're very intelligent, uh, they're very empathetic, they're unconditionally loving, loyal, etc. And so people need to think in terms of, do you have the time and energy? Can you afford, you know, um, right. do your research absolutely before you even remotely think of adopting a pet. This is not something that's taken lightly. Can you afford the vet expenses? Because guess what? Dogs, cats... They, did, as you know, develop cancer, diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. And many of the treatments are very, very costly for these diseases. And they may get sick. They may break a leg. Um, we've had three of our dogs have surgeries ranging in $2,500 and up in the past two months. 
And these are wow. young dogs, two of our Mintins that are a year and a half old, and Cassie, who is a Klikai, a designer dog, and that's another story, <laughs> um, just had surgery for a torn ACL past week, and she's on bed rest, and uh, we have to walk her by leash, and she can't play with her friends, and it's very difficult. It's a very demanding situation. One is a demanding situation. <laughs> On the other hand, the benefits derived from that relationship and that bond are invaluable and priceless. So where can listeners find out more about you, your work, and the book? Do you have a, a website we can I send them to? I do indeed, and I would love people to look at it because a lot of there are a lot of articles, a lot of information in terms of how to adopt a pet and some of the things that we've talked about, grief, etc. It's www.animalcompanionsandtheirpeople.com and that's animalcompanionsandtheirpeople.com and it's all spelled out as one word and uh, if they Google Dr. Diane Pomerantz, they'll find it. Great, and we'll make sure all that information is up on your guest page here at Pet Life Radio as well. But uh, we are out of time. I would like to thank Dr. Diane Pomerantz and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. Oh, and you can also subscribe to my free Pet Peeves email newsletter at Shujai.com. Woofs and purrs until next time. Now, celebrate the rescues in your life by checking out Dr. Pomerantz's book, Our Rescue Dog Family Album. It's a collection of just wonderful stories, and it covers the lives of 40 rescue dogs lucky enough to become members of her family. Their gratitude, she says, is evident every day. That's a relationship I wish all pet lovers might have with their four kids. After all, you don't want them to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.